Anyway, Fergus, son, you're up. Mm. Given that Cut was released in 2000, why don't we have a conversation about some more films that are turning 20 this year? So, I prepped you for this. What are some standout films from the year 2000? In fact, how old were you then? In the year 2000, I was three years old. Wow. That's, I was 21. So, I don't think I saw any of these films <laughs> in 2000. Most of these I saw at the cinema. So, wow. The <laughs> wow. grey hairs are really starting to show today. Uh, anyway, going back to the year 2000, what are some films that stand out for you? Uh, I've got to start with Mission Impossible 2. Wow, the one filmed in Sydney. Yeah, the exactly. John The John Woo instalment that most people like to forget. I can't help but remember it. It yep. is a very rememberable entrance, <laughs> especially the rock climbing scene. Especially. Yeah. I don't know why, but that is just a staple. I think that was the moment that we all realised that Tom Cruise does his own stunts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you realise, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, they don't shy away, do they? No. Incredible. Well, the, the funny thing about... The one thing that sticks out in my mind, obviously, it's set in Australia. you got Richard Roxburgh in there playing a really bad South African yep. with a terrible <laughs> accent, but... What always sticks out in my mind is some scenes on um, road bikes, like motorcycles, mm. and they tear us over the soil. Like there's a scene where they go over grass and dirt. And if you watch, you don't even have to zoom in. The tire treads change from scene to scene. So they've got road tires, then dirt bike tires, road tires, dirt yeah. bike tires, but they don't shy away from the fact. It's just like you've got to suspend your disbelief yeah. <laughs> and go with it. And that bothers me a little bit, but what else you, what else you got? Um, well, one that I watched a lot later down the track, but one that will stick with a lot of people, I'm sure, is Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, I've got that on my list too. Especially the fridge scene. Just yeah. so many memorable moments that aren't memorable for good reasons. Yep. They're memorable in a way that is almost a deterrent. It's, it's quite good. It's a, it's a really um, striking film, for yes. sure. I'm sure yes. a lot of people listening have seen it and know exactly what we're talking about. It's a dirty film. Uh, mm. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that one I saw at the cinemas and I've probably seen once or twice on DVD. Yeah. And it's not one I'm in a hurry to go back to. No, I. you really need to be ready. You yeah. need to be prepared. It's not the most confronting film I've ever seen, but because it delves with quite real yep. aspects of life. Yeah. It can be quite confronting and I'm sure a lot of people can relate in some ways as yeah, well. And that, for sure. that can be the scary part. Yeah. So if you if you've never seen it, what we're talking about is the drug use in this scene and uh, in this film and this the the realistic depiction of, you know, what that can do to you the in effects, all kinds of ways. The trickle down, yep. the relationships yep. that get destroyed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot to it. Well, that was a, that was definitely a big one. And that well, was like Aronofsky. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. that was his second film, I believe, after second. Pi. Pi was his first. I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. really, really low-budget black and white film. Well, he's only gotten better with age, that's for sure. <laughs> there you go, what In else you opinion. got? American Psycho. <laughs> of course. Stand out. I love Christian Bale's performance in that. I always will. I just, uh, the scene with his uh, business card, mm -hmm. talking about the raise yeah. parts of it. And, oh, and the colour. so good. I don't know what it is about that dialogue, but... Just the egotistical nature of him yep. and how it just is portrayed and how everyone else responds to it mm -hmm. is excellent. You know uh, what? You kind of um you kind of break my heart a little bit there because I hear American Psycho and I think of Mary Harron, the director. Mm. Love her work. I interviewed her last year and it was a great interview. It was for her new film, um, Charlie Says. Yes. About Charles Manson. And I lost the audio, so it's something I've never been able to bring to the podcast. I oh, wanted to no. share it with everybody. That podcast will never happen because the audio is gone. Oh, no. I know. There is a published article, though. If you go to Stack Magazine, you can read the article, but 
You'll never get to hear it. Did you lose the interview as well, or how do you mean? As in, did you lose the audio for the interview or just the podcast? No, no, the interview itself has disappeared. So, yeah. Oh, when no, I recorded no. it, I had no anticipation of doing a podcast. Yeah. But, you know, other than the talking about the film, we went on to talk about all different other things that never made it into the article. So, we talked about that um, the documentary The Family, which is set in Australia, set yeah. in Melbourne. Uh, we talked about all kinds of, you know, Australian-related things, things that were interesting. And she was a fantastic person to talk to. She wanted to keep going. And yeah, it just breaks my heart. So thanks, mate. Yeah. Well, sorry, I didn't. We call we call you the bearded (laughs) bastard for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Well, on the note of being a bearded bastard, (laughs) coyote ugly. (laughs) This has been raised on this show before. Keith brought this one up. Did he? He did. Um, I, uh, in passing, have heard a story related to that. I think I've even told that story. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. no, we'll go through it again. You're talking about the fact that this plays in my bedroom nearly every night. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> my partner, Melissa, if you haven't heard the story, um, she goes to bed at the same time every night. Goes to bed earlier than most because she gets up earlier than most. And she puts on Coyote Ugly most nights and uh, falls asleep to it. It's just like a comfort, you know? I wish I had that. But I also go to bed at roughly the same time each night, like at a different time, but the same time. And... It's playing the same scene every time I come in. <laughs> and that's like John Goodman on the bar right at the end, dancing to like Leanne Rhymes or whatever it is. And, oh, Amazing. God. I can imagine that's your own personal hell though, isn't it? Yeah. Like I did enjoy the film when it came out. It felt like, <laughs> it felt like a, a new sort of dumbed down version of Cocktail. But yeah. Thanks for that, mate. That's two in a row. What zingers you've got there? Oh, once again. What, what else you got there? <laughs> um, well, this one's a personal favourite, which I found a long time down the track. Um, part of a trilogy, In the Mood for Love. Ooh, what's this one? I don't know this one. So it is a foreign film. Um, I can't recall where it's from off mm-hmm. the top of my head. Um, it is a forbidden romance film. Mm-hmm. Basically, two people who are already in relationships yep. who just happen across each other. And it is the story of how they truly cannot fall in love with each other. They they just choose and try so hard to avoid each other even though they know that they are made for each other. Yeah, right. It sounds real corny and cheesy, but it is a phenomenally well put together film. Um, It's a Hong Kong film. Hong Kong. Yeah. The sequel is 2049? I do not know. 2046. 2046. I do know this. Yes. Uh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I know the film you're talking about now. I, I've seen 2046. Amazing film also. Um... Trying to think what the other one was in the series. Yes, the first one, and it was a very different film as well. I cannot remember the title of it. Yeah, no, I can't either. Um, it was a very different film because I watched that last in the trilogy. Let me just quickly look it up here. Uh, Days of Being Wild. Days of Being Wild. That's and there's it. a fourth one coming. Is there really? Blossoms, releasing this year. Oh, excellent. Mate, well, you brought something to the table that I wasn't expecting, and this is exciting because... I've seen the middle film, but not the other. Highly recommend watching them. I'm going to do that. Cool. Well, also released in 2000, some massive Titan films here. We've got Gladiator, we've got Castaway, we've got X-Men, we've got Memento. And that started off Christopher Nolan, speaking of. Uh, Almost Famous, Unbreakable, Mm. Space Cowboys. Now, this one I bring up because, you know, Clint Eastwood directed Space Cowboys, but this is 20 years ago, right? And they were all old men. The whole premise of that film was they're sending these senior citizens up into space, right? Mm. And if I'm not mistaken, they're all still alive 20 years later. 
and they're still old men. Like, it's just like, it blows my mind. Like, they should all be dead by now. I should do a remake with them again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Part two. <Yeah. laughs> I would pay to say that. Uh, we also had some bangers. It was a good year for um, Steven Soderbergh because he had Aaron Brockovich and I believe he also Whoa. had Traffic in the same year. Yes, both excellent films. Aaron yeah. Brockovich, we studied for legal studies. Did you? Yeah, it was the first time I ever watched it. Excellent film. That so one. why didn't you become a lawyer? I don't want to go into that. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, I just uh, I lost interest after or before VCA, I should say, and just yeah, never picked up on again. They didn't let you slam the gavel. No, unfortunately not. That's why. <laughs> uh, we also had Pitch Black, Final Destination. That franchise oh, kicked off yeah. in two thousand. The Cell, which I think is a very undervalued film, have not seen that one with our Jennifer Lopez and Vince Vaughn. Oh, if you like, imagine Silence of the Lambs, all taking place. In a, I want to say David Lynch film. Like if you cross David Lynch and Tim Burton, and then throw that other thing into it, mm. uh, the Silence of the Lambs, that's the movie. So it's so it's a real serial. It's killer. a sci-fi premise where they can actually go into people's dreams. Oh wow! Right. So what happens is they've got a killer who's in a comatose state, serial killer, which yep. is um played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh wow. But the problem is there's still a missing victim and they need to find her. So they have to go into the serial killer's brain to track her down. And when you're inside a serial killer's brain, it's pretty horrific. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. So that's the premise of the film. It's really good. Um, it didn't really do too well at the time, but it's become a bit of a cult thing. It's very similar to Inception. Very similar. It's, it is a very similar film. There's been other ones too. I think Dreamscape with Dennis Quaid back in the 80s as well. But I think... There's something unique about Cell that just sort of, it's very gruesome and yeah. fantastical. It's an intriguing premise. And it was a big year for Aussie films too, because we had Chopper and The Dish both oh, released in 2000. Excellent film. Oh, they were. Sure. Yeah, Chopper. Oh, yeah. mate. Eric Banner, he's what, just so good. What a shame <laughs> Keith is not here this week, because boy, when you mention the word Chopper, he goes in, he goes to town with the quotes. He goes off tap, doesn't he? He yeah. does. <laughs> oh. Anyway, maybe next week I'll just drop that word Chopper. Do it. See what he does. <sighs> anyway, what a good year that was. I mean, we talked the other, the other week we talked about a different year. I think it was 94 or something like that. And that mm. was a big year, you know, something of a um, a legacy year. Everything that came out of that year was huge. But 2000, not too shabby. Well, a lot of these films, you just don't look at the date that they were released. So when you see a you know list of all the films from 2000, you're just so surprised at how many big titles are there. 